What's going on, everybody? This is Glenn from The Raw Talk, your favorite host, and I am here to talk to you about Anchor, the platform that I use to record and upload all of my podcasts. Uh, If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast, and it's free. So you know me, easy and free. That's what I like. There are creation tools on this platform that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you to all platforms so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money also from your podcast, which is a super good benefit with no minimum listenership. So, boom, get that in there. But I wanted to say that it is everything that you need from a podcast in one place. Easy, convenient, free. You can make money. It's a no-brainer. Why don't you guys head over to the website today and check it out. Go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, what's going on, everybody? This is Glenn back again with the Raw Talk on the first episode of the new year. Uh, This is season one, episode three. Episode two was released last week, and it was our final episode of 2020. And we had a pretty good guest with Brandon. We got a little bit of talking about military and uh, police work and some sales. But tonight we have um, what seems to be, to me, a super, super interesting guest who's also my family, my cousin on my dad's side. Uh, his name is Zach Jacobson. I want to thank him for coming on. A uh, little bit about Zach. Um, Zach is from West Palm Beach, Florida, and is a senior at Florida State University. He is majoring in sports management. He currently works under Florida State Athletics in their special events department and has interned for two major nonprofit organizations in the sports industry. Zach also was a finalist for the 2021 Florida State University Intern of the Year Award. And those are pretty big accolades, buddy. Uh, I want to congratulate congratulate you on those, and uh, want to thank you for being on the show. Thank you, uh, thank you so much. It's, it really is a pleasure having you uh, invite me on here and just having me talk. Yeah, man. So <clears throat> I know we talked a little bit about before we got live on the air what this podcast is, and really the reason why it's called the Raw Talk, man, is because. I wanted to provide a platform that was unedited, uncensored, uh, really just raw down to the bones, you know, discussion. And uh, my other podcast, you know, we go live on videos and I don't I don't think that's appropriate for this kind of work and the kind of stuff that I'm trying to dig out of people. So what this will look like is, you know, we're just going to have an open conversation. And what I want is to really provide the listeners, especially the younger ones, you know, different avenues. Like I said, uh, episode two, we had Brandon on who uh, had some experience in the military didn't really have any experience in college and he had, you know, he came out to become a police officer and then um, unfortunately that didn't work out for him. So we went to car sales and right now he is unemployed working on a podcast with me. So I think tonight's episode is going to be tailored a little bit more to the uh, scholastic side. And uh, Zach is well accomplished in a lot of accolades for college. Obviously he goes to Florida state university and is joining me on a Saturday night. So I guess he has nothing better to do. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's it's really a great opportunity for me to be able to come on here and speak to some viewers that might not know what they want to do or might want to do something, but don't have the guidance, don't have the path knowledge. And so to have this opportunity to come here and speak about it is honestly great. Yeah, man. So why don't you tell me a little bit about your backstory? And I know we said we're related, but for the viewers and for the listeners, man, just why don't you give us a little rundown of, you know, where you grew up, uh, you know, your move down to Florida, essentially what 
drove what drove you to uh, go to college and be successful at that, man. So, you know, just tell me about it. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, like I said, my name is Zach Jacobson. I'm currently a senior at Florida State University studying sport management. Uh, my plans after graduation in the spring are to go to law school next year and hopefully graduate with a JD in three years. And wherever I end up going to law school, I've, I've applied a few places. Um, but wherever I end up going, I hope to pursue law in the sport and entertainment field, hopefully working in general counsel or other opportunities within legal aspects of sport. Um, I've pretty much lived in Florida my entire life. Um, I did move from New York when I was three years old, and I grew up in the South Florida region ever since. Uh, I graduated high school two years ago, and I guess what drove me to go to college was simply based off my educational ethics that I was raised with. Um, my dad has an associate's degree that he got in his mid-30s, and my mom has a master's degree, and my entire mom's side of the family is filled with doctorates and law degrees and master's degrees and you know it was sort of two opposite ends of a of a coin yeah yeah joined me (laughs) yeah man no so so you had the structures that was instilled on you at a young age right was to kind of go to college and be you know as successful as you can be i would assume right yeah um there's a there's a program in florida it's called florida prepaid i think other states have it but when as soon as your your child is born you put a little bit of money each month and then when your kid graduates from high school all of that money goes towards your college education and in fact florida prepaid's taken in georgia alabama and i think south and north carolina uh don't hold me to that but yeah when my parents got divorced when i was nine or ten they ended up breaking the florida prepaid so uh, all that money went away. And mm. so it was dependent on me to work extremely, extremely hard for an opportunity to go to education post-secondary for at a for a subsidized cost, if not free. And thankfully, due to opportunities that I've had to sort of be awarded merit scholarships uh i pretty much go to florida state for free oh that's beautiful Uh, dude no loans nothing uh yeah um i'm pretty much going here 95 percent subsidized uh looking at when i'm graduating i'll only be about four thousand in debt that is amazing dude so I talked a little bit about myself on my first episode ever. And uh, yeah, so I went to three different colleges, like I said. And by the time I got out, I was $30,000 in debt. And most of that came from out-of-state tuition. And, uh, you know, my parents, as great as they are, I love them. They're my best friends. You know, uh, they didn't plan for me to go to college. You know, they just always said, you know, you're going to go to college, you're going to go to college. But I don't think anybody really looks and I could be wrong, not a lot of people probably look at the financial aspect of college. Uh, I mean, over the years, it has grown astronomically to the rate it's at today. And, you know, I don't think as an 18, 17 or 16 year old, you understand about taking those kind of loans and what kind of interest, you know, accrues over time that you're not able to pay these when you get out of college. Because, you know, let's be frank and let's be real. Uh, You know, a lot of kids that come out of college are not getting jobs in their field the next day, you know? 
Yeah, and I think a lot of that is just based off priorities uh, that you have in college. I think, especially in the field that I want to go into, so I want to go into a niche field of sport management, which anyone who knows about the field, even remotely, knows that it's an extremely difficult field to get into, built upon tons and tons of networking and looking at different opportunities and then actively seeking after them. Uh, so I think that a lot of reasons why, or rather the main reason why kids are not graduating with jobs secured is just based off their lack of networking and lack of development of themselves in the job industry. And so I guess just one thing that is super important, especially when you are in school, is making sure that not only you're walking the walk, but you're talking the talk with different people in your network so that when you graduate, you will have those opportunities and those doors open. Yeah, man, I think that you're, you know, hitting the, you know, the nail on the head here with the the networking aspect to it. And, uh, you know, that goes back to what I talked about on the first episode that I released too was the importance and the value of networking. And regardless if you're social or antisocial, I mean, you kind of got to get out of that funk because people don't understand how vital and imperative imperative it is to network and really get your name out there and build your brand. You know, for me, I wasn't ever taught the importance of networking. I kind of just was like, you know, I'm going to go to college and I'm going to party and, I, you know, I'm going to do this, this and that. And I didn't focus a lot on the schooling aspect. You know, I went to play sports and to make friends, but I never took school seriously. And I, I think, you know, you're, you're correct when you say it's in your priorities as to what do you really want to do when you're in college? So, you know, I, you're right. I, I completely agree with that. Uh, Absolutely. You still there? Or do I lose you? Yeah, yeah, you're good. You're good. Um, yeah, yeah, basically, what I was saying was like, yeah, networking is incredibly important to uh, facilitate even concurrent with your with your degree and mm-hmm. and. Yeah. And just to let the viewers know, and I didn't preface this in the beginning was this is actually the first interview we're doing via Zoom. I am in Greensboro, North Carolina. And Zach, you were in, uh, where'd you say you were? You're in Florida, but what part of Florida? Tallahassee. Tallahassee, Yeah. So this is the first Zoom call. Tallahassee. Yeah. So we are just trying to knock these bugs out. I am, uh, like I said, we are live. So sometimes the internet just doesn't keep up with the demand of how good the conversation is, you know? So, yeah, um, so Zach, let's, uh, let's backpedal this a little bit. I, you know, we talked about your schooling and you said that you graduated high school two years ago. Yeah, I graduated high school two years ago. And the reason I'm graduating so early is because when I was in high school, I had the opportunity to take high school and college credits at the same time through a combination of AP courses and dual enrollment. So taking classes at my local community college while in high school gave me the opportunity to come into college with 49 credits and through just copious amounts of working my ass off and uh, really benefiting from summer session and, uh, 
as morbid as it sounds through the online classes of Zoom, I think that all those combined gave me the opportunity to graduate in the spring. And, you know, as much as there were so many cons of COVID, I think one pro, especially for me, was it allowed me the opportunity to take 15 credits of remote classes over the summer, which I wouldn't have been able to do had all my classes been in person. And so I think because of that, I've just, you know, sort of played my cards the right way and have been given an opportunity to pursue my goals in a much more expedited process than before. Yeah, dude, that that's awesome, man. Um, I, so what took, so you graduated two years ago, you were about to graduate this year as a senior, right? So yeah, in May, so May you'll be done. So it takes an average person, you, you know, just the, the normal person who goes to school, you graduate as a senior, you come out and you go right into college. And normally you do four years if you're not doing prerequisites or any uh, AP classes, correct? Yeah, it normally takes four years, but I've done it in two and a half. Dude, that's awesome, man. So how do you uh, like prioritize, man? I know for me, that was a, a big issue for me in school is being able to prioritize my life and my school. So when I say that, I'm, you know, how do you juggle being a successful student because I'm sure your grades are there too. And, you know, having a social life on, on the other hand. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think not only does that come from just being raised with values of putting your education first, you know, even, even when I was little, I was always told like, go do your homework first and then you can play. And I've kind of taken those metaphorical values into my early adult life. Um, thankfully I've been given opportunities where I'm able to prioritize through just organizing my schedule to a point where I always give myself time to complete assignments after, um, after class and, you know, have prime opportunities to do projects. But I think that one big thing, especially prioritizing, is simply treating your education like a nine-to-five job. And as as bombing as that may sound to some people, I think that it will benefit and pay off in the long run because the work ethic that you instill when you don't have a lot of priorities will benefit you significantly when you're older and have a whole shopping list of priorities that need to be accomplished so what worked for me in the beginning was having a planner where i said all right from 8 a.m to 9 15 i'm in this class and from 9 30 to 10 30 i'm going to go to the library and do my homework for that class and then i've got a different class from 11 to 12 15 and then 12 30 to 1 30 i'll i'll do it for this and uh i i guess it really benefits type A personalities much, much more than more laid back people. So maybe that's another reason why I've been able to benefit. But I think for someone that really wants to get their priorities together, uh, starting with a journal and making baby steps, uh, even if that's starting with, okay, in 30 minutes, I'm going to do 30 minutes of homework. And then after that, I'm going to take a 10 minute break. And then after that, I'll do 30 more minutes and then another 10 minute break. Uh, taking those little steps and then as you go further saying, all right, from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m., I'm going to study for my final. Um, 
things like that are really, really beneficial. Yeah. So I really like what you said, man. I think, you know, the, the key to everything you said, there's two things that I took away from that is number one, you know, buy a planner, have a planner and plan your day. You, you know, even if that means if you're putting down hours and you're putting down what you're doing at what times, but what I really, really like, man, what you just said was to treat education as a full-time job. So if you're treating education as a full-time job, man, what and like, what do you do? I mean, do you work when you're in school or are you focusing mainly on your education at this point? And, you know, what do you do for money? So as of right now, okay, well, I guess I'll, I guess I'll start before COVID. Um, before COVID, I was working on the weekends. I was working on Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays in FSU Athletics in their special events department, which is the position I still hold right now. And I would give tours to donors and boosters that really benefited FSU Athletics. So these were high mobility people of alum, and they would sit in the sweet boxes, and they would <laughs> live lavish. Yeah, of course. A- we have like a like a luxury club in our stadium. It's called the Champions Club. Yeah, it's extremely overpriced. Tickets go for like four fifty a seat uh, before COVID, <sighs> and it's just it like the like lavish lavish people were there. Uh, I met Bill Murray up there. I met uh, I met Charlie Ward up there. Oh, just, so you yeah, got. Really- I was gonna say so you met some celebrities. Who, who's your favorite so far, man? You got to tell me a good story. <laughs> Of course. He's something else. <laughs> of course, dude. Yeah. Oh, I did. So after I met Bill Murray, I went home and I watched Groundhog Day. I was just like, "Wow, I can't believe I met the biggest." Just over. He was. He was kind of a douchebag when I met him. Was he really? Like, he kind of looks yeah. like that, though. I mean, that is the like one of the meme gods, dude. Bill Murray. Uh, I remember watching Groundhog's Day, man. I don't even think I could watch it anymore because. I think at some point when I was on VHS, man, that was all that we would watch, dude. It was just Groundhog's Day over and over and over. But uh, that's pretty cool. You got to meet Bill Murray. So you take him to the suites, and that's how primarily how you're making money through college, and this is before COVID-19. Yeah, this was before COVID. Um, so on game days, on the day before and the day after game days, my job was to simply uh, take, take our donors around, show them uh, different parts of the stadium, uh, show them our different facilities. So we show them our indoor practice facility, show them our baseball stadium uh, and some of our memorabilia from there. Uh, we took them around our soccer stadium. Our our women's soccer team just won the national championship. So a lot of people are excited. Hey, yo, let's go. <laughs> yeah. hey. And now our basketball team's kind of good. Yeah. So, uh, we we take them around, show them some of the memorabilia, show them a couple of the Heisman's. Uh, we show them James Winston's Heisman, Charlie Ward's Heisman. That's pretty uh, dope. That's pretty cool. Heisman, and then we take them up into the press box so that they can get a, a bird's eye view of the stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it, it's about an hour tour, but uh, yeah, you really you really get to meet all these different types of people and hear about all these different types of backgrounds. Um, you know it. You'll you'll deal with the the pretentious people. You'll deal with the extremely nice people, and so that's what I was doing uh, first semester. And then because of my work ethic, uh, you know, I hate to I hate to stroke my own ego. Nah, man, but, go ahead, dude. I mean, you've already got uh, like really good grades. Your accolades, I mean, speak for themselves. So uh, you go ahead and uh, toot that horn, brother. Yeah, 
and so I was uh, I was thankful enough to be promoted to a supervisor. So rather than giving tours, I was uh, overseeing tours, uh, looking at how other people were doing it and sort of organizing who was going on what tour at what time. Uh, so I took a more I took a more administrative role, and you know that came that came with added benefits of a plenty. Yeah, and so. I was doing that right until about March, and then, uh, as everyone knows, in March, COVID came. We all got sent home. Mm. We were told it was going to be two weeks. Two weeks became, what is it, then nine months? Dude, nine, <laughs> so, nine damn months, dude. It's too long, dude. And, and this, I mean, it sucks, and I hate to talk about it, but, I, you know, at the point we're at now, I, I think people just need to start putting the mask on and, and, I mean, just getting, I'm really just getting the fuck over this, dude, because this is dragged out. This is continuing to go on, and it's just going to continue to go. I mean, we're seeing that new strain, the new variant that is more uh, infective than COVID-19. So uh, I think it's just going to continue to uh, fall into a down climb. And, and I don't know when we come out of this, Zach. I, I don't know. And maybe that's a benefit for this podcast is, you know, we have people on that normally would be doing other things. And uh, I, I don't know, man, COVID has, has put a dent in a lot of people's plans. But I think, you know, when one door opens, another one opens. When one door closes, another one opens. Not one opens and it opens, but... But yeah, dude, so what happened after COVID? You, you went home. Well, so funny that you said that when when one door closed, another one opened. So uh, especially in the sport industry, everything pretty much went remote. Mm-hmm. And with that came different remote opportunities uh, yep. for internships across the country. This was right around the time when I was looking for a, a summer internship. And so I found an opportunity with an organization called the Georgia State Games, which is a nonprofit organization based in Marietta, Georgia. It's a regional Olympics uh, pro-am that anyone can compete in. Uh, over 10,000 athletes over the span of three months, ranging ages from two to 98. And thankfully, I had the opportunity to be a part of their research and development uh, team. I did that from May of 2020 up until August of 2020. And, you know, that certainly came with its benefits of learning about the new world that we were going to be in with remote opportunities and an entirely remote office. Uh, I never met my boss in person. Yeah. through Zoom. And with that came sort of a training into what was going to come in the future. I know I just talked about that, but like I said training like this especially in a remote opportunity sort of gave me a leg up against other students my age because i now had the training and the knowledge and expertise of learning in an environment and producing work in an environment that was so unfamiliar to so many people and the fact that i was basically proficient in a field like this sort of gave rise to new opportunities uh in fall and so based off that experience in summer i had the opportunity to take something a little more local uh at the florida disabled outdoors association which is a nonprofit based in tallahassee and their mission is to make sports accessible for people with and without disabilities to sort of even that playing ground yeah. so that people uh regardless of disability or accessibility issues can participate in sport freely. Wow. And 
I went from an office of 300 to an office of six. <sighs> and yeah, that's well, four full-time staff and two interns. That's crazy, man. So, yeah. so let me ask you this. Um, so what do you say to someone who's not as lucky? And I'm not, I don't want to say that you're lucky, right? Because a lot of hard work and dedication go into what makes you successful. But what do you say to college students who, you know, are juggling uh, schooling, trying to, you know, do really good in school, get the grades they need, who also had jobs and, you know, COVID came, they unfortunately lost their job. You know, what advice do you give to young kids who are going through that kind of struggle right now? I guess one word of advice would just be to, I, okay, I know how cliche it is, but to simply network, to get your foot in the door, even if that is cold calling businesses, uh, talking to mentors for dream companies that you want to work for, uh, simply making sure that you are communicating your goals and your, your preferences is so important. And one thing that I was told uh, to sort of piggyback off of networking is do not be picky for opportunities, especially in COVID. Because yeah. in the sport industry, it's it's really, really, you, you know, obviously everyone wants to work for Nike. Everyone wants to work for Under Armour. Or everyone wants to be the clubhouse manager of the New York Yankees. <laughs> You're not going to get that job graduating out of college at 22 correct you need to build a resume so that you can work your way up into opportunities like the clubhouse manager for the new york yankees well so, you might be able to land something like that if you networked with the right people um you know a lot of opportunities that i've seen from you know some of my successful friends have been not piggyback off of the work that they've put in but who they know yeah, and I think I think that's another aspect that's not really talked about uh, all too much in in collaboration with building your resume. It's it's a lot of times people treat it as one or the other, but yeah. a lot of them work in the hand because when you when you work for an opportunity and you even work for a smaller organization, I'll I'll use my opportunity as an example. Um, Working with a smaller organization and working in lesser known opportunities can benefit you in the long run because you have no idea the sort of network and the sort of commitment that some of your higher staff can provide you and guide you. I was able to talk to our CEO on a daily basis. I could not say the same thing uh, for other opportunities that I've had a part of. Yeah. And so... Here, I, I can now say this um, since I don't work for them anymore. But <laughs> we were in talks of a seven-figure marketing deal with, uh, uh, I think it was Menards or it was either Menards or Bass Pro Shops. Mm. And I had the opportunity to listen into the development of that research opportunity. That. And uh, it was, no, it was Camping World. Uh, yeah. I mean, even better, dude. So uh, that that's kind of crazy. So you listened into the call? Yeah, um, I, I wasn't on the call itself. The the call was between like executive directors and CEOs and whatnot. Yeah. But uh, thankfully, I I was in talks in those essential Zoom board meetings 
where we talked about what we were going to approach uh, Camping World with, and we talked to the director of sales and the director of marketing, and uh, we were able to incite our goals that we wanted from a sponsor. Um, you know, I haven't I haven't worked with the organization since uh, December, so I don't know how far along they are in this uh, development, but hopefully something will will come up brew. Yeah, man. So the equipment that I record on gives us 30 minutes and we are approaching 28 minutes and we are just, you know, diving into some important aspects and, you know, things that have made you successful along your way. So what I'm going to do is we are just going to cut this uh, section. Uh, we're going to cut it short right now and then we're going to pick back up on part two and we'll just hop right into it. So I'm going to, you're going to hear the the disconnect and then just give me a second and we'll go back into it. Okay. All right, everybody, we are back. This is part two with Zach Jacobson, and this has turned out to be one of my better interviews and uh, someone who's super interesting. We are getting to learn the life of a college student, someone who's successful at marketing and networking. And to pick up where we left off, we were talking a little bit about the value of networking and working hard. So, Zach, do you want to pick up where that story left off with Camping World? or? Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, uh sort of summarizing what happened uh this this past december uh our organization our super small organization of six had the opportunity to network and develop a close to seven figure opportunity for a year-long advertising campaign with uh camping world uh so we were able to communicate with the director of sales and director of marketing to sort of develop what we wanted as an organization compared to what they were willing to offer as a company. And so uh, right now they are still in the developmental phases of this opportunity, but, you know, having, having the ability to sort of listen into this is something that, you know, I don't want to boast about, but I've been able to put it on my resume that uh, I was able to communicate and develop sales and marketing techniques and who knows maybe looking at that one detail in a future opportunity will open a door and so basically just through opportunities that you're given at smaller organizations uh those can open the door for other opportunities in much larger organizations coupled with uh the the prime networking yeah so let me ask you this, man. Uh, I talked a little bit about this with Brandon on uh, the second podcast, but do you think realistically it is better to set obtainable goals with like a one year outline or do you strive to do like a five year outline? So what I'm trying to get out here is, you know, for you, what does the life like? What does your life look like in a year and what does it look like in five years? Like, do you set your goals obtainable for like a one year outlook or do you plan ahead for what your five year goals will be? Um, I think twofold. I, I think both, but much, much more on the one-year goal than the five-year goal. Uh, you know, while I like to be an opportunist and I like to sort of plan ahead and say, okay, in five years, I'm going to work in professional sports and I'm going to be making six figures and I'm going to be in a two-bedroom apartment with my wife and my dog and kid and whatever. <laughs> yeah. And then at the end of the day, 
unless you're actively setting little milestones to get to that five-year goal, mm-hmm. those plans are going to get you nowhere. So I think setting smaller goals in realistic uh, stair in like a realistic staircase to getting to that five-year goal is probably the best option. So I'll, I'll use me for an example. So my five-year goal is to become a licensed attorney and work in a major city for either a professional team, a professional league, uh, or just a firm in the sport and entertainment field, uh, starting the early stages of my law career in hopes of building enough accolades and opportunities to where I'm able to promote myself throughout my career in years to come. Yeah. Uh, right now, my one-year goal is to get into a law school, to okay. graduate from Florida State, to have the opportunity to pursue my law degree and do it flawlessly. Yeah. And so using those baby milestones to achieve that big milestone is something that should be looked for much, much more than saying, all right, in five years, I'm going to be doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I, I like that. I think what a lot of people fail and they feel discouraged about sometimes is they set goals too high that are unobtainable. So, you know, let's say that they're setting something for five years and then they're not setting those little milestones. So what seems to take so much time and they're not seeing, you know, a return on investment, let's say, or um, any progress in any of the goals that they set, it really can be discouraging. So I like what you say about, you know, you can have an ultimate five-year goal, but, you know, let's take a step back and set goals maybe at six months to a year. Then you got like eight, two years, three years and four years. And what that looks like for, let's not even say just a college student, that could be anybody in any profession or anybody who's trying to better their life in general. You know, you set your goals obtainable so that when you hit an obtainable goal, you have that motivation to keep going. And I think that's what a lot of people miss out on is, you know, they set the goals too high. They feel like they fail when they're not meeting, you know, a, a portion of what they set for. So I really, really like, and I hope that people take away from this is the ability to set realistic goals that you can obtain in a short period of time that make you happy and uh, make you, you know, give you the return of the feeling of satisfaction of being able to hit what you have set. And then, you know, that'll give you all that energy and uh, really just the motivation to continue to, you know, smash your goals that you have set for the next, you know, milestone marker, man, that that's awesome, dude. So speaking of goals, we, we know that <laughs> we're on the first episode of 2021, the second day in, have you got a new year's resolution? Like, um, I mean, um, I'm not, I'm not big on new year's resolutions, but I mean, neither man, <laughs> I mean, neither dude. I guess just like personally, uh, I, I eat like trash. Yeah. I guess my new year's resolutions is to eat healthier. I just went to a grocery store this morning and I picked up protein powder and, frozen fruit and uh like steel cut oats oh my god i spend way too much on food my diet if you look at my credit card bill it's probably (laughs) chick-fil-a and uh like mcdonald's (laughs) chick-fil-a is probably the best restaurant and we're giving them free publicity but i love them dude and there's nothing there's nothing wrong with going to chick-fil-a dude but uh, 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 oh dude of course they do if they made spicy chicken nuggets it would be a wrap it would be over. I would love it. 
But yeah, dude, I don't, uh, you know, I used to believe heavy on the new year's resolution, uh, just trying to be a better person. But this year I think I'm going to go into it. 2020 has been such a shitty year. Uh, I didn't make a resolution. I think overall just, you know, when I make a resolution, I feel like I have to stick to that. And then by the second or third month, when I am not doing what I said I did, I get discouraged, man. And that goes back to what we just talked about, about realistic and obtainable goals. So like, for somebody who's like, oh yeah, I want to lose a hundred pounds this year. And then you're four months in and you gain 10. It's, it's unrealistic, man. So I'm just going to go ahead and approach this year without uh, a resolution. Maybe, you know, just be a, a, an all around better person, you know, try to listen to other people who have opposing, you know, viewpoints politically, you know, economically, socially, and really just have difficult conversations. And that's part of this podcast too, is, you know, I'm hoping to get people on here who, you know, oppose how I feel about things and talk it through, man, because with us being as divided as we are right now as a society, dude, I think the only way that we move forward is to, you know, have open, real, raw conversations uh, about things, man. And and that's kind of the way that you, you know, you diverge on you unity. And I think that's the best path forward, man, because, you know, one person pointing the finger at another person, doesn't it doesn't work and i think a lot of people in this day and age are just scared to have real open conversations because they feel like they're going to get persecuted or you know called out for some of their truths and and whatnot but i think you know and i could be on the wrong i could be on the wrong foot here but i think you know to move forward in 2021 we all just need to you know be more understanding and just be all around better and be good listeners so that's what i'm gonna try to do we've become so divided as a society and i think uh that just comes as a multiplicity of things you know i think just as members of society especially as we move into a more progressive era we're looking for deviations in the system we're looking for people that are not sticking to the status quo and any sort of uh sort of any sort of division or uh any sort of sort of deviation from this path we are always there to scrutinize and to sort of bash this person yeah. for not sticking to the status quo and to not be uh innate to the sort of barriers that we as a society have put ourselves in and i think that as we move forward we need to be as a society more focused on uniqueness and individuality as opposed to making sure that we are doing things that fit in with society, because if we don't do them, society is going to either A, scrutinize us, or B, wonder when we're going to say something or do something that we are essentially required to do or required to say, or even if you want to get dystopian, required to think. Yeah, man. You know, and I think a lot of that spawns from people having the mindset of they're never wrong. Like they, they address things from the standpoint of I'm right. What you say is not correct. And, you know, in the age of misinformation, as I like to call it, dude, it's really hard to find out what is truth and what is not in, in this time. Man. And, and as unfortunate as it seems, it's, you know, that mixed with, you know, a concoction of people not willing to talk and be open minded and just have difficult conversations and agree to disagree and actually say that they're wrong on some stances you know, mixes for a deadly cocktail. And and that's something, you know, that I don't hopefully changes, but I think, you know, it's going to get a little bit worse before it gets better. And uh, yeah, I think, you know, being, having you on the show to come on here and talk, and I know that you and I have completely different political views. We won't get into it. We won't talk about it, but at the end of the day, man, it's like, 
you know, not only are you my family, but even if you weren't related to me, it's like you are obligated to have those views and I'm obligated to feel the way I feel. But, you know, at the end of the day, how we come together is going to be, you know, you and I sitting here and, you know, it could be 55 people or not, but everybody thinks differently, man. And just to be in a room, to have conversations, to be open, to be raw, like the raw talk of my podcast. And, uh, you know, that, that's something, like I said, that I'm going to try to do better this year is to listen to what other people have to say who don't agree with or, you know, don't have the same standpoint as myself. So that's my New Year's resolution. There you go. Yeah. And I think I think sort of taking that idea and taking those uh, taking those sort of metaphorical ideas that we gained from that and sort of transcending it into a job opportunity networking perspective I, I think I mentioned this earlier, but too many people are picky. Oh, too yeah. Many, too many people are saying, oh, I want to do this, this, and this. I want to be a stockbroker on Wall Street. I want to work for a Fortune 500. I yeah. want to work for the New York Mets. And all of a sudden, you are not getting that opportunity because you are so picky. And so... When someone gives you advice and says, okay, you can have these realistic goals, but for now you're going to need to work much harder than you ever have before. Yeah. In smaller opportunities where you might not get paid a fair amount, you might not work a fair amount of hours uh, respective to your pay. You might be working nights, weekends, holidays. But at the end of the day, you're going to get your goals. Is that a sacrifice you're willing to make? And I think a lot of people don't want to take those sacrifices because they are so fixated on the fact that, oh, if I get a good grades in college, I'm going to get this opportunity. Yeah. It's only one fit of the, the climb. Yeah. A lot of it is based off you know, sort of doing many, many other steps in the process. And the fact that people are so unwilling to listen and Mm -hmm. sort of absorb other people's opinions is just, it's, it's kind of disturbing. Yeah, man, I, I totally agree with that, dude. And, um, I mean, I, I like your point about networking, but, uh, to move on from this, I think we have talked a lot about it, but uh, let's talk about one of your biggest failures. And I don't know if you've come across this yet, uh, being as young as you are, but what is one of the biggest failures in your life? And, you know, what did you learn from, you know, from it, from from that point in time? Um, I think I, I, I don't know if I can pinpoint a single thing as, okay, I failed here, but I think yeah. just the overall theme of trying your hardest and trying your best, but your best isn't good enough. Uh, man, I think a lot yeah. of people can relate to that, dude. Mm, that kind of just hit home because, you know, what I, throughout my life and through my careers, I've always realized, you know, when opportunity closes, I always felt that I wasn't good enough for something else to open. And, you know, you really beat yourself up and you get yourself down on it. But, perseverance and just pushing through those moments is what makes champions, dude. You know, uh, I think for me, I feel that I put 150% into everything that I do. And when I fail at something or something doesn't go my way, I get, you know, dejected essentially and just feel completely, you kind of, and I don't want to use the word broken, but I feel, 
you know, upset about it, if that makes sense. And, you know, it's a good transition to the next question I had is what got you through those times? Like who were three people that you looked up to throughout your life? Like for me, you know, I could tell you was definitely, you know, my parents, my mom and my dad, you know, they pushed me through anything that I ever did in my life. And they were always my rock. And no matter what was going on in my life, what I had, you know, what I had done or what I hadn't done, what failures or successes I'd come across, you know, I was always able to pick the phone up and talk to, you know, my mom and dad. And, you know, there was times where I would, I would break down, you know, I had, a, I feel like I had a mental breakdown over COVID about a job and I wound up quitting at the advice of my mom because, you know, mental sanity is something that's not to be taken lightly, dude. And to, to object yourself to a life and a career where you are suffering mentally is, it, I mean, it just sucks, dude. So, you know, for me, it was my parents in that aspect that I was always able to turn to them, to talk to them, never be judged by them and have them really just give me advice, good or bad to push me through. And then the last thing I'll say, man, for the third person that would motivate me, you know, you'll probably laugh about this is, you know, Captain America. And it has nothing to do with politics. But for me, that's always been a character that can really mold to adversity. You know, like this is the all American guy, uh, super physique. And that's always something I was like, man, I want to strive to get to that. I want to go to the gym to look like Captain America and just his mindset of never failing, dude. So for me, those are my three, uh, you know, who are three people or things in your life that really got you through some difficult times or pushed you through? Um, I think, I think obviously we, we all turn in our hardest lows to people that really genuinely care about us in our personal life. So for me, that would be my parents and yeah. sort of, uh, just my best friend. Um, you know, it's so comforting to have someone to turn to when you are thinking that you're doing everything wrong and to have someone sit there and tell you like you're being appreciated like everything you are doing is is going to be for the better you know it might seem like you are hitting rock bottom right now and you might feel as if your hard work and your dedication is going nowhere but at the end of the day it will all pay off and just yeah. knowing that having that positive reinforcement is so uh it, it is so emotionally impactful on how you how you take the rest of your day yeah man and i think that's really crucial for people too is to really have two to three people in your life that are your rocks man whether they're your parents or not i know some people are in different situations but being alone and trying to navigate through life at even at a young age or when you're older, man, it's just sucks, dude. You have no one to turn to. And I think that's what causes, you know, the uh, drug addictions or depression, suicides, a lot of times spawn from people not having people, dude. And we were meant to connect at the end of the day. You know, you look back to primitive, year, primitive years and you see, you know, we really never could do anything alone. I mean, we're hunting, we're gathering together. And, you know, that's been a big downfall of 2022 with COVID-19 was, you know, it's taken that social aspect out of people's lives. You know, I go out now and I go say hey to someone and it's awkward in my mind. I have to think, should I shake their hand or no? And that's going to continue to be like that because of the social norms. You know what I'm saying? So human connection is huge. And I think everybody, if they take something away from what I'm talking about tonight, is the fact to have you know, one, two, three, 50 people who are those people you can turn back to in your difficult or in your successful times to just say, Hey, look, I need a hand or, Hey, look, we made it, you know, for sure. Definitely. 
Cool, cool, man. Well, we are coming to another 30 minutes, so we're going to wrap it up. And uh, I, I appreciate you taking the time to be on here, man. I've I've really enjoyed talking to you, and we need to keep in touch a little bit more, man. I know that we're really not good at that, and that's probably part of my fault, too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm not I'm not super active on Facebook, but yeah, you know, nah. I, I, I try and get on there as much as I can. <laughs> I was active, and then I got banned for some bullshit that I posted that I probably shouldn't have posted, and, and that's what I'm saying about being open-minded in the new year. So we'll stay in touch, but, uh, you know, I got, I got a question for you. Well, I've got two and and we'll wrap it up here is, you know, what for the, for the listeners is what is one thing that you wish you would have known before starting college? Um, I think one, I think one thing both personally and socially, uh, personally, socially, and just when you're building your career, uh, you're going to, win some and you're gonna lose some and not everything is a life lesson sometimes you are just gonna lose yeah uh, whether that be in your personal life whether that be in your social life when connecting with friends and family or whether that be professionally when you don't make it past the first job interview and you know of course take time to reflect take time to think about what you did wrong and what you can you can build for that but sometimes just just from life itself yeah. not everything is going to have some secret encoded message in it about Facts. how i can become a better person sometimes you just lose yeah man so we talked about that and uh what is one thing that you want you know even if one person hears this that's one person's life that we might possibly be changing tonight you know what is one thing that you want someone to take away from what you and i talked about tonight from your life And you're, Um, you know, what you have to tell them. Probably just, you can always do, you can always do more to be one step ahead of the process. Um, So if you are trying to get a rise up from your competition, AKA the other people interviewing for the same position, uh, I think just one thing to understand is just to, sort of build upon more and more of the opportunities that you've been given and the networks that you have been able to build so much so that you are the standout candidate in any position in any preference and in any job opportunity i like that man so what uh what made you come talk to me tonight um, I saw that you were doing a podcast, and I'm like, wow. <laughs> you know, I, I've always thought about doing a podcast, yeah. but I never knew what it would be about. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I listen I listen to a few podcasts. Uh, I'm a huge fan of The Office. Oh, so, who isn't? Yeah, so I listen to Office Ladies a lot. Okay. Uh, I listen to, I listen to the Jetstream, which maybe I shouldn't, but. Yeah. Um, and before that, you know, it wasn't called podcast. It was called radio show. So yep. I listened to a lot of Howard Stern, like my Francesca. Yeah, I'm going to be the next Howard Stern, not from this podcast, but after, <laughs> after, after I have some success in, you know, motivational or life coaching, uh, podcast, then maybe I'll, I'll alter over that way. But man, uh, you know, I figured, you know, I told you a little bit about what we're trying to do here and, you know, I appreciate you coming on to give your take on, you know, the, the college aspect of life and being so young and how to circumnavigate some of the challenges that you face, man. 
And, you know, you are the third episode. Uh, number one was me. I didn't finish it because I could talk all night about myself. Number two was uh, one of these guys that live in the complex over here, a good friend of mine. He, like I said, was in the military and he was a police officer and then fell out into sales and, you know, social media, TikTok fame. So, you know, everybody has a different story to tell. And that is what I am trying to do is to get as many people on the show as I can get on here to tell their story, to hope, you know, hopefully change at least one person's life. I mean, all it takes is one time to listen to someone. Or, you know, you come across the right podcast and, you know, it's a calling from something and, you know, the episode is just what you needed to hear. So, you know, hopefully tonight, if there are people who are listening to this that, you know, wind up struggling about what they need to do with college or their life, I, you know, there is some great things to take away from this podcast. And I have, you know, two pages of notes that I wrote down from you, man. So I'm going to try to implement some of that stuff with the planning in my life and networking. So I appreciate you, uh, talking to me about that stuff. But, you know, final question I ask all my viewers this is a little bit of a fun one. So if you are stranded on an island for six months to a year, and I'm sure you heard this before, but what are three items that you're bringing with you to get you through that time? Uh, probably a machete, <laughs> a, some sort of like fireproof matches or something. Uh, and like, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I know I kind of threw it on you. Like fish, fishing gear or something, like like a fishing net or something. So you're a survivalist, uh, man, and we can tell through your through the whole time talking to you for this hour that you are a survivalist. You put your you know your maximum effort into everything you do, brother. So I want to thank you for taking the time to be on this show with me to talk. And uh, man, it's just been a real good show, dude. I, it, it's kind of crazy how much substance you can get from somebody who is not yourself that you talk to and pick their mind about some stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. But uh, I will uh, try to get this out to, you know, the world tonight after I edit some things out. And uh, other than that, man, I thank you so much for being on everybody. That is Zach Jacobson. This guy is a stud. He is uh, not playing around and you will probably see him on the law side of the sports industry. Correct. Yes, yes. How many years? What's your goal? <laughs> Four to five. Four to five years. Damn, man. Well, I appreciate everyone for hopping in tonight. Uh, we uh, we thank you. If you like it, share it. You know, Give us some support. And uh, we will be back next week with another, another guest. I don't know who it is yet, but it'll be someone interesting for you guys. So thank you. And uh, this is the Raw Talk. We're out.